I had a client that uh, in February of last year had 72 employees all in Boulder, Colorado. And by September of last year, they, 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 got, they eliminated their office and went, went remote. They went from having all their employees in one state to having those same 74 employees, but across 14 different states. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to We're the Human. I am Ben Eubanks and I am so excited for you to be here with us today. I am looking forward to sharing this episode with you as I usually look forward to sharing episodes with you. Recently, I've had a chance to do some research on the HR outsourcing space, trying to understand how companies are using these tools to be more strategic, to outsource those things they don't need to spend as much time on and focus on those things that do add value, that are bigger priorities for them. And the challenge is a lot of us, a lot of smaller companies, they get into, they start a business because they like building houses or they like being a dentist or they like making cool, fancy things that I don't know what they're called that, that my wife loves, loves and children love to buy, like all the kind of fancy things, right? But the problem is at some point as they grow, they start to start hiring people and managing all the things that we as HR leaders think about from hiring, compliance, engagement, benefits, payroll, all those things. And so this research we're doing on the HR outsourcing space, we looked at how professional employer organizations, PEOs and ASOs and other payroll companies are supporting and serving their clients because we're trying to figure out for my own curiosity how they're doing that and what sort of things we can learn from seeing how they serve that audience at large. So we have some different conversations coming up, this interview and another one coming up soon with different companies in that space to understand how they're how they're thinking about this, how they're serving companies. As you heard probably in that little intro teaser of the episode, Jordan, who I'll be interviewing in the episode today over at Obsidian HR, Jordan actually and I talked about this, the difficulty, the challenges that are facing small companies because as they start to go remote or think about having employees working from outside a single office, that starts to add all kinds of complexity I put it this way, years ago, we had employees that worked in you know, four different countries. It wasn't just doing, it wasn't four times as hard. It was like 10 times as hard, it felt like, because it was trying, we're trying to figure out, okay, what, not only how do we pay them, how do we manage, make sure we're being compliant, how do we make sure the benefits and things are in alignment with, the, with where they should be, but all these other kinds of things around decisions about how do you recruit and hire those people and, and everything else. Now that's that's outside the U.S., right? That's multinational. But the same kind of thing applies if you're working within the U.S. and you're across multi-state. So anyway, enough lead in for this. I'm so excited. I, I had fun with Jordan. He and I talked through some of these things. And as you're listening to this, I don't care what size company you're in. If you're an HR leader, be thinking about what it takes to be strategic, what it takes to have an impact on the business and whether the things you're doing day to day are pulling you away from that. Cause there's no shortage of ways to outsource parts of hiring, parts of managing employees, parts of payroll, if the situation is right. And if there's a need there, 
So anyway, looking forward to this conversation with Jordan. Hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you to the iSolved team for connecting us together and uh, helping me to have a great person to, to join me on the show. And again, we'll have another episode coming up soon with another another gentleman. We talk about some of the same big picture ideas about how small companies are thinking and working right now. But the focus for the other episode that will be coming up soon is around return on relationships and how we build relationships with people and how we serve them. And I think there's some really great uh, tie-ins there with how HR gets work done. So enough ado about this. I'm going to go ahead and get out of the way and bring on the interview with Jordan. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to We're Only Human. I'm Ben Eubanks, your host, and looking forward to a fun conversation today. As always, just bringing you some insights, information, things like that to help you be a little bit sharper in what you do. And uh, today, I actually have a chance to talk with someone. I had, a, had an interview with him for a research project a month or two ago. Goodness, time's starting to run together in my head. But I thought it was fun to dive into some of the things there. And then it's one of those discussions, I don't know if you've ever had them, where you're like, man, I think someone else could probably benefit from this. So I got to the end of it, came back around and said, hey, let's have another talk and I'll record it this time. So I have Jordan Conley with me here from City and HR. We're going to talk about PEO. We're going to talk about payroll. We're going to talk about some of the things happening at the, the smaller end of the space in terms of company size. But if you know anything about the actual demographics, the, the data, the number of companies that have fewer than 100 employees, fewer than 1,000 employees is the vast majority in terms of the number of companies that exist, especially in the U.S. So we're going to talk about the companies at that end of the spectrum. And uh, regardless of where you are, you'll probably learn some good lessons from the conversation. So that's enough like lead in. I want to stop talking and say, hey, Jordan, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Looking forward to the discussion today. Absolutely. So before we get into all the things I was teasing up and, and getting ready for, would you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, my name is Jordan Conley. I am the president of Obsidian HR. Obsidian is based in Denver, Colorado, where I have lived for the last seven and a half years. And I've spent my whole career in the HR outsourcing space, first with a business in Florida called Zero Chaos, then one called Co-Advantage. And then I worked out in Honolulu, Hawaii for a number of years with the parent company of Obsidian HR, a business called ProService Hawaii. So I'm passionate about uh, helping small businesses be better employers. And, and even after 22 years, I still get excited uh, every day about, about working with entrepreneurs and, and helping them uh, solve their HR and, and people challenges. Awesome. That is so fun. So I've got to ask you, you said you spent time in Hawaii and you're now in, in Denver. What's the thing that you like most about being in Colorado? The fact that I can be outdoors almost every day of the year. I know people uh, People think it's cold and snowy and we definitely have days like that, but they're typically followed by days full of beautiful sunshine and, and you can spend, spend a lot of time even in the middle of winter outdoors. Okay, wonderful. That's fun. I, I was talking with a friend the other day. I've Colorado is one of the states I haven't spent as much time on. I basically have, have gone straight into Denver to speak or to see someone and then immediately back out again. So I am really looking forward in the coming year to spending some more time in and around the space. I've heard there's some beautiful trails and things like that. I love to run. So I have to come and explore what there is to, to offer out there. Absolutely. Awesome. So the thing I wanted to talk about, you talked about your experience has been in, in HR outsourcing and helping companies shift the focus on, on HR activities. So they're spending the time on the things they want to spend time on and the things that they started their business to do. And most small business owners that I know and that I've, that I've interacted with, even myself to some extent over the years, they start a company because they like to do X. They like to make this thing or they like to provide that service. And suddenly they realize, wait a minute, I've got to handle payroll and I've got to hire somebody else. And oh gosh. And then I've got to 
do this other thing benefits and it starts to spiral out and they they spend a smaller and smaller fraction of time getting to do that thing that they actually wanted to do and you've probably seen the you had the front row seat to that because you that get to come in and help companies and leaders reclaim that time by helping them to outsource some of those things so what i'm hoping you can do for us to set the stage a little bit is talk about a peo because that's if someone has never used one they might not know what that acronym means or how it fits into this conversation so i'm hoping you can help us level set a little bit on what that what a peo is what it does and how it works yeah absolutely so a peo stands for professional employment organization it's a way that we deliver hr outsourcing to our clients we effectively provide a turnkey solution that takes care of all of the needs from payroll, benefits, human resources, both reactive and, and, and proactive, and all of the compliance headaches that come along with, with being an employer. So oftentimes our clients are somewhere between the range of 25 to 75 employees, although I have clients much, much smaller and much larger than that. But the center of the bullseye for the type of client that would work for us. Somebody who's big enough that needs, it really has needs in those areas. But as you said, Nobody in their company is waking up every day thinking about those things or certainly isn't an expert in all of those areas. And one of the, the benefits of the PEO model is we provide buying power on behalf of our clients as well. So we are aggregating our buying power, much like a, a, you know, Costco might do or one of those buying clubs might do outside of, outside of ours and curating the solution we bring to our clients so that they don't have to become experts in making the right choices for what their benefits offering needs to look like or what their what their their payroll and and and, and HR pro, pro policies and processes need to look like. We really take care of all of that and work with our clients in a way for, for to make it easy for them. And I think one of the key things that, that that you touched on is that that there is a lot that has to happen in this area, and it's only increasing as regulation increases and as many businesses are now multi-state businesses with remote work becoming the reality of the world. Uh, that the compliance burden is higher. And so having somebody that's waking up every day and thinking of what's the new paid leave act requirement in the state of New York or the Equal Pay Act here in Colorado and the impact on my business is something that, that our clients can count on. And, and that way they don't have to worry about it themselves and they can focus on you know, building that next house, selling that next client, whatever their business is that they're passionate about. You mentioned the paid leave thing, and that reminded me years ago we had when I worked for a, a small company, you know, 40, 60 employees, something like that, we had some a group of employees that traveled from state to state. And that handful of employees, four or five of them, created as much headache and overhead time and everything else compared to the rest of the entire population that worked in one place. Because okay, they're going to they're going to Washington State. What does that mean? What's it going to require? What new things we have to do just for the time they're there? And then they go to New York, and then they go to like South Alabama, and they just kind of traveled all over. And we had this, always had this risk, this exposure that made me uncomfortable and didn't let me sleep very well at night because of that thing. So you're talking about that, and you touched on it. I don't know if you've never had employees that have been multi-state or you in the last year, like a lot of companies, like Jordan said, for those of you listening in, if you have people that said, hey, I'm not we're remote now. Great. I'm moving to wherever. Suddenly you have new responsibilities. You might not have realized it. And um, I can't remember if you and I talked about this before, Jordan, when we had our last conversation, but I was talking to a friend recently and she's the CHRO for a company with about 100, 150 people. And they did pulse with their employees at the very end of last year said, hey, how are you doing? What's changed in your life this year? What can we do to help you out? And they found that about 20% of their people had moved to another state and they didn't tell them. 
Yep. They didn't warn them. There was no, in, it was, if they hadn't just said, Hey, we're so excited about our new move. And like, Oh, t- tell me more about that new move. And suddenly they're like, Oh, let's get set up to start paying payroll taxes in Georgia or, or wherever else. And so I wanted to, t- to make, I'm glad you mentioned that one because I think that's something that we don't always think about. Or if you're a really small company, you've never had to stop and think about that, that sort of complexity coming into the picture. And as you said, it's only getting more complex, state specific, some regional or uh, municipalities, things like that have their own requirements and things. And it just, it gets so complex, the full-time job just to keep up with all that stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I had a client that uh, in February of last year had 72 employees all in Boulder, Colorado. And by September of last year, as they, they got, they eliminated their office. They went from having all their employees in one state to having those same 74 employees, but across 14 different states. And the requirements that they had to consider in terms of updating their handbook, updating their policies, dealing, they had employees that moved to California and California has its own unique set of challenges. Making sure that, that, that they're doing the right things to help protect their business and take care of their employees was something that they were able to turn to us and, and, and rely on us to handle a lot of that for us because we're doing that across our entire client base. Goodness, that is wild. So when you and I had this discussion before, one of the things that stuck with me is we've talked about all the kinds of service that you offer, all the kinds of things that employers can avail themselves to. If they say, I've had enough of trying to go it alone, I need some help, and they they reach out for support. But one of the challenges, again, my parents run a a very small machine shop. They've had half a dozen employees as the max they've ever been in terms of head, head count for the last 35 years. So I've, I'm very familiar with the smaller companies and, and things like that and the kind of issues they face. And one of the one of the things they always do is they, they look at decisions based on, let's look, compare these based on what it's going to cost me in terms of price immediately. And one of the things that stuck out to me when you and I talked is you said, you didn't want to be just a cheap, bare bones sort of solution. You're really looking at how to add value, how to make this a, a real partnership, how to help enable your clients to be more strategic. And I'd love for you to talk about that, how companies probably usually end up regret buying totally on price. Uh, if you can find a way to wrap that into this, because I think, again, anyone who's heard that first part, okay, cool. But then they might expect just something very basic, something simple, and they're getting so much more than that. Yeah, of course. Well, look, price is always an important factor in any evaluation. We all, we make decisions based on price every day and every commercial transaction we have both in our business and our personal lives. So it's important for pricing to be fair, but I think it, it it's also about making sure that we are providing value well beyond the transactional uh, elements of, of our business. There's an important part of what we do is, is deal with the day-to-day transactions, the payroll transactions, the benefits transactions, all, all of that stuff needs to happen and it needs to work well. But where I think we actually provide the value and earn our, our pay is in, in the more consultative and strategic discussions that we can have with a client. Whether it's me getting on the phone uh, with, with a client of mine that's, that's based down in Colorado Springs and is a Salesforce implementing business that's looking to continue to expand and talking to him about how to have a more competitive benefit strategy to attract and retain the talent that he wants. Or it's one of our HR consultants talking a, a client through, hey, this is what you need to think about as your workforce changes or, or solicit feedback from your workforce on, on benefits is where we add real value because we're helping them basically speed up the the cycle where they don't have to go and learn the best practices themselves. We have them. We, we know what those best practices are, and we're able to help them apply them you know, more quickly and more effectively than they would be able to do on their own. And I, I think that the feedback we get from our, our clients when we're able to do that is while they appreciate all the transactional support, and, and that obviously has to be right, it's important, that where they really see the value in the relationship is 
the consultative conversations that we have with them and their leadership team to make sure that they are, are getting the value out of a true HR partner. One of the studies we did about two years ago that has really stuck with me, we did this really deep dive on employers on the smaller end of the spectrum, right? So between one and a thousand employees, which as I mentioned, like the smaller end of the world in terms of the total number of employers in the world. And we found something really interesting. For those companies that had that were high performing, they had better revenue, better employer retention, better employee engagement, like all those kind of key metrics you're looking at as a small business, those companies that had better metrics there were more likely to outsource their HR so they could focus on strategic activities, focus on, like you were talking about, we want to enable this new thing, we want to pursue this new innovation, but right now our time's too wrapped up in this other day-to-day HR stuff to be able to do that. Whereas a company in that study that was low performing was more likely to say, we want to do this just because we want to get it off our plates. We just want to, it's administrative stuff. We just don't, we just don't want to do it anymore. There was a very different kind of lens on that. And it sounds like what you're saying here, those companies that really get it, that are making the most of this, because just outsourcing something doesn't create new value for them. It's what they do with that time that's freed up. And if they take that time and they go hang out on Facebook or Instagram, whatever else, like it's not going to benefit them at all. But if they use that time to go out and, and serve a new customer or to go out and create a new product or to go out and you, you build a new house, to use the example you used earlier, like all those kinds of things can create new value, new revenue for the company. But if they're, they've got to be looking at what those outcomes are going to be. I thought that was a fun stat to throw in there because the, the data surprised me in that, how strong that was for those companies that were high performing to really be focused on that, that strategic side of things. I think that's exactly right. And I, I can't tell you the number of firms I talked to that say, gosh, we haven't gotten to performance reviews uh, for our employees. We, we really want to do them, but we just haven't had the time. Or I, my, my employees want better opportunities to, for training and development, but we just haven't had the time to get to it. And oftentimes when you dig in there, what you find is it's because they are, they're, they're so caught up in the day-to-day transactional stuff, which is, if you think about I was thinking about things on the axis of, is it important and is it urgent? All you know those, those transactions, getting payroll out the door, getting people enrolled in benefits, they're both important and urgent and they can eat the world. While things like performance reviews, while very important, you know, oftentimes aren't urgent. And so they can be deprioritized to death at the sake of those urgent and important things. But those urgent and important things, that those transaction things aren't really moving your workforce forward. They have to get done, they have to be done well again. But if you can take those things off the plate and say, hey, now you have a partner that's worrying about all of that. And by the way, they can give you the best practices to help shortcut how you can have good performance discussions or good development plans for your employees and help provide even training for your managers to have those conversations. We can now we're helping on a much more strategic level and the business can actually get to those really important activities that are shown time and time again to improve employee engagement, reduce turnover and help develop employees to, to, to perform better on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you brought that example up too, because I'm in my head, I'm thinking of the, the more common things like we were talking about, like payroll, like benefits, but things like that on the talent side, where we want to get better, we want to get better at hiring and focusing on the, the questions we asked during the interview process, right? Even the, any sort of thing where it's, we're trying to get more, more capable operationally, or we're trying to get a little more streamlined, or we're trying to get a little bit smarter in how we're doing this. Innovation doesn't just happen on the business side. It happens on, on the talent side too. Like we're going to, we're going to change our performance process. So we're not going to do we've always done. We're going to, we're going to modify that somehow. And uh, there's so many opportunities to do it. But like you said, uh, the biggest enemy of that is you haven't had the time, can't get around to it. It's so easy to grab that on your calendar and slide it off to the next day. 
or snooze that alert for another week and, and not get around to those things. So I love those examples you're sharing there that really help us to, to see how that works. So if you're, if I made you president of the employer world and let you wave your magic wand and give some piece of advice or some insight, help to fix some things that companies that are on the smaller side could fix or give them some advice that would help them. Anything that you would like to share, because you get to and you get the benefit of seeing many of them across your entire customer base, both now and in the in your work history, you've seen so many different companies doing it probably really well and probably not so well if I had to guess. And I'd love to hear from you. What are some things that you might recommend or pieces of advice that are kind of time tested that are going to help people to run a better and more effective HR function? Yeah, great question. So I'll, I'll give a couple of uh, specifics uh, on that. So I think one of the areas that we spend a lot of our time working with clients on is, is their benefits offering and where their benefits dollar is going. And obviously people think about and talk about medical insurance as, as, as you know, the, the most because it, it's effectively eating the world from a cost perspective. But what I encourage, what, what I don't see a lot of businesses doing, but I really encourage is one, take real good stock of where your dollars are going for benefits and make sure your employees are valuing them. Make sure your employees know what you're spending in terms of providing information and guidance on, on what your contributions to their benefits are. Two, make sure that the benefits you're paying for align with, what, with the talent you're trying to attract. So for example, we have a lot of clients that are seeking to attract entry level or kind of people that are relatively new in the workforce. And increasingly, we're seeing them offer student loan repayment as an employee benefit. Relatively low cost benefit, they might contribute $50 a month on top of what the employee pays, but it's one, it's an innovative benefit that, that not a, everybody's offering. So it separates them from the pack. And two, it, it clearly speaks to people that are fresh out of school and, and entering the workforce and, and is valued by, by, by people in that demographic. And third, three, I think asking your employees for feedback on, on their benefits. Do they understand them? Do they know what their benefits offering is? And this is where I think a PEO can also help the, taking the time to explain what's a PPO, what's an HMO, why would I make a choice for one versus the other? And, and making sure your employees have access to resources that can explain their benefits is really important. Second, I, I think increasingly finding ways to engage your employees with technology, whether that's you know, Zoom or other kind of interactive technologies, and integrating the ongoing goal setting and performance management process into a world that's more virtual than it has been in the past is an area that I think needs significant improvement. You know, I, my, my workforce went fully remote like many for, for almost a full year. We're now partially back in the office, but I have employees scattered you know, across Colorado and, and in the neighboring states as well. And being deliberate about making sure that I can engage my employee fairly and in a way that, that, that keeps my remote workforce engaged and my, my in-person workforce engaged and doing that in a way that, that means that I'm flexible with not only my techniques, but flexible with, with the, the way I ask for feedback and, and solicit guidance from my team, I think is an area that I, I see a lot of businesses you know, that struggling with because it's, you know, while, while we've been doing it now for a while, it's still relatively new. And some of those longer cycle conversations like development and performance are, are now coming up now that we're you know, hopefully on the back end of this ongoing pandemic. And then I'll comment on, on one other thing. I think part of what we offer our clients is good HR technology. And I think the expectation, employees these days just have an expectation for usable and functional HR technology to be able to get their work done. They, they don't want to have to call the HR department to update their direct deposit information or make a benefits change. They want to have it available and accessible to them. 
but then be able to access the guidance they need. Like I mentioned earlier, if they have a question about their benefits change, maybe they're having a baby or going through a, a marriage and they need to understand what the impact's going to be. So having great technology is important, but backing that with the people that can answer individualized and personalized questions, I think is, is something where I don't see enough investment and as a result, I see employees confused by their benefits offerings and sometimes making poor choices as a result because they don't understand, fully understand the benefits available to them. Goodness gracious. I could I could sit on any one of those and we could spend some time on it. There, one of the things that you said in there that really struck a chord with me, struck a nerve maybe even, was the part around the benefits that you're offering. So many companies put so much money into running and administering and keeping their benefits going and so little time actually making sure people understand those and they understand the full value of what that is. And we had a years ago, one of the things that I did every year, I'd send out a, here's what kind of benefits you have, just a reminder, here's what's all out there. And it never failed. Every year someone would say, hey, I didn't know we had that benefit. And I'm like, we, we paid for it since the first day you were here, you started here four years ago, Bubba. Like, you don't realize it's there. We're, we think that you realize how much we value you and how much we appreciate you by providing these benefits and you have no inkling that those are even there. And so partially, you know, that was on me because I didn't do a good job of explaining and reminding and I only did it once a year, but that, that sticks with me even to today is we spend all this time thinking about it and planning it and putting it into place. And we think that an employee sees the value of it the same way that we do as a business leader the, the cost and everything else that we think they're, well, they, they understand how expensive this is and how much value this provides them and their family. And not always that we shouldn't take that for granted. We shouldn't assume that they see that the same way that we see it in this with the same clarity that we see it when we're neck deep in it and they dip their toe in only when they have a, a deeper question than I've got a, I've got a sniffle. Can I go to the doctor? They've got, they don't dive any deeper because they don't often have a reason to in the moment when they do have a reason to it's high emotion, it's a stress, it's an emergency or something like that. And um, anyway, it's just, a, that's one of the things that you said that I want to make sure that I came back to because that's one of the, the pain points for me is I did that the wrong way. And I always advise employers, like make sure your people know what you're spending on them, not to rub their nose in it and say, this is what we're paying, but to say, this is how much we appreciate you and value you. And this is what we're putting out in order to make sure you're taken care of and your family's. And the, the, the term there that's, that you'll hear a lot these days is total rewards. And I'm actually not a huge fan of that phrase because it sounds like you've won a sweepstakes, but it's, it's it, yes, it's a reward, but I, but I think I actually prefer the more traditional term of kind of total compensation or a total spend spend for the employee. And I, I, I think that regardless of what you call it, you know, exactly what you're saying is important. Helping people understand so not only what they have access to, but what's, what the employer is providing and paying for. And that is a part of their overall compensation. And I think one of the benefits that we offer a lot of our clients that has actually been, I think, always, is often overlooked, but in recent times has become a lot more valuable, is the employee assistance program. And this is a kind of a, a benefit that we provide to our clients, they would pay a lot more to go and get it on their own. Uh, you know, we're allowed, we have a, a bigger platform for them to opt into on that. And while employees were working from home, while they were, were dealing with the, the mental anguish and stress that many of us experienced in the last 15, 18 months, having 
the ability to take care of them as a as an entire person and not just an employee really did you know make a difference and and you know I could share stories with you about clients that have said wow this was this was great we were we were able to refer an employee to the EAP and they helped them through a, through a, a mental health challenge or they'll even provide guidance on on how to deal with financial stress and things like that and I think that yes while it's a great benefit for for the for the employee you as an employer like you need your employees to be the whole person to show up right to be able to be competitive and be the best they can be at work and that means that, that you have to take a little bit of time to invest in them outside of, of just the chair they're in at your organization. To do. Goodness. So I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I think we've gotten some really good ideas and takeaways in there. And I really appreciate, again, those, we could have spent the entire time talking about some of those last points you made around the, um, find ways to engage your people with technology and thinking about those sorts of things in a virtual environment and all those kind of things. We could have spent even more time on that stuff, but this is really what I'd hope to get out of this conversation. If someone is interested in learning more about, about you, connecting with you or connecting with Obsidian, what's the best way to do that? Absolutely. So obsidianhr.com is our, our website. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me at, uh, you know, by, by, by searching for, for Jordan Conley. And I'm always happy to you know, talk with business owners and entrepreneurs about these things. It's what, what I'm passionate about. And what I, what I found is my purpose in life is, is helping other entrepreneurs with, with these challenges. So happy to have any discussions on that front. And thanks for the time today, Ben. I really enjoyed it. Wonderful. Absolutely. I'll make sure and get those two links into the show notes. We will can connect with you to everybody else out there. Hope you enjoyed this discussion with Jordan. I, I got some good ideas, some good inspiration as well, and some good reminders of things we need to be doing, and I hope you did as well. Enjoy yourself, and we'll catch you on another episode of We Are Only Human soon enough. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.